0: Hello and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the Blogcast. This is episode 295. My name is Emily Rainbow Davis. You all are the best people. Thank you for listening. Today's blog is about uh, how awesome everything is. Okay, it's not so awesome. I mean, right this second, we are at the like two year mark for the shutdown in New York, certainly, so we've been dealing with this pandemic business for over two years now, which is really something. Uh, I hope everybody is doing okay. Uh, I'm sure not everybody is in fact, I know not everybody is, so if you're having a a tough moment, I'm with you, and i'm I don't know I don't know what we do. Uh but this blog is not so much about the two-year mark, uh, because I wrote it in February, but it is about kind of what I imagined we'd return to. Um I wrote a little something in a similar vein last year, uh, but this is a more this is a year later with <laughs> this a similar idea. Um yeah. So why don't I read it to you? It, uh, it is called This Reboot Sucks. I guess I never imagined a dystopia would be so dull. Dystopian novels are full of marauding bands and dramatic battles. This is like sitting in the waiting room of a corporate marketing agency waiting to join a focus group you really don't want to join, but are hoping they're going to pay you enough to make the trip worthwhile. Just sitting here, waiting for someone boring to call your name in a mask. When the pandemic hit NYC in March of 2020, and all of the performing arts shut down, when nearly everyone I know here lost work, when everyone fled to the country or back to their parents' houses in other states, I imagined... This decimated arts landscape might be radically reconfigured when we got back to it. I thought we might experience the good parts of the post-pandemic life, like in the novel Station Eleven, with fewer horse-drawn carts. I thought, oh, maybe this city will return to its kind of dirty, gritty, scrappy, sort of affordable form, like in the 80s. Sure, there might be a parallel crime surge or something, but I did start imagining a future like in After Hours or Madonna's Life and Desperately Seeking Susan, but in theater, of course. Downtown would rise again. We'd put on wild buffoon shows or cartoon craziness like we used to. It wouldn't cost a year's tuition to just put on a little something, so we'd get out there and make some old-fashioned, passionate, cheap art it's not like that. I mean, the pandemic is, for sure, not over. But even from here, I can tell we're not going back to a more artist-friendly time. We're already leaning harder into all the things that sucked before. Some shows came back, but only the giant machine sort of shows can afford to run in this environment. So mostly that's all there is. When and if I did get back in the game of producing shows, I would now have far fewer venues to choose from, and the spaces for rehearsal would also be much diminished. Will they be cheaper to rent? I doubt it. Every single one of these places has had to endure total shutdowns for nearly two years without any significant support from the government. They couldn't possibly be cutting prices in that kind of environment. It feels like everything that sucked about the performing arts world has not only remained, but gotten much worse. And it's not just theater, of course. The wealth gap has widened enormously, not just because the poor have gotten poorer, but because billionaires have gotten 62% richer. And we get a new billionaire every day. This was a problem before, but now it is much worse. I'm guessing this is true for most things. Are the arts elitist and only for the most privileged to find success in? Now more than ever. Were there few opportunities to pry open the closed doors before? There were very few before. And now those are even fewer. Was it hard for artists to make a living before? Yes. And now it's 10 times as hard. And might you need a day job, my sweet artists? Well, teaching artist jobs are almost non-existent. Food service is a highly risky, dangerous environment. Many of the fantastic affordable restaurants frequented by nice people have closed because it's mostly assholes out there at the tables now. Your favorite little home away from home is probably gone, but the asshole factory is doing great. Offices don't tend to hire temps to work from home. I would imagine that dog walkers have lost business because their clients are home and happy to walk their pets themselves. Our current mayor ran on beating back the crime wave he felt was happening, and I guess others agreed with him because he won. Maybe this is naive, but I wouldn't mind this city getting some of its old school crime back. Everyone just seems too comfortable to me. I saw a guy put his computer in the back of his car, leave the hatchback open, and then walk away to get something in his apartment. He left a computer on the street in New York City, and you know what? It was fine. Nobody stole it. I was tempted to, just to prove a point, just because you shouldn't leave your shit out if you don't want someone to take it. We apparently now live in a city where people don't know that anymore, and I don't mean to be a cranky, back-in-my-day kind of person, but I don't really like this version of New York, because all this safety is, of course, an illusion, and the people in need have been pushed by this city's fucked-up economics farther and farther to the margins of the place in more ways than one. The more divided our classes become, the more likely it becomes that actual violence will break out. The fact that someone could leave a computer on the street here without consequences suggests to me that we have too uniform a population where I live. No one would steal that computer because we all have our own at home, which is nice for us, but terrible for those who can no longer afford to live here and who certainly don't have a computer at home. Is there more crime? Maybe. A little. I mean, the drugstore locked up the toothpaste and the soap and the deodorant. The porch pirates are active. And my local gourmet corner store now has a security guard peering over folks' shoulders at all times. But these are all signs of economic strife more than anything. People are mostly stealing hygienic items and food. Maybe if folks could get a little economic relief out there, those things would even out. But what do I know? I'm just an artist who hasn't set foot in the place of my primary art in almost two years. Back when I had a band, and this was 20 years ago, so take this with a grain of salt, we sometimes rehearsed at one of our band members' studio apartment in the East Village. We couldn't imagine how he managed to afford to live there because the rents were so high. I tremble to imagine what they are now. But on the street were also the Hells Angels headquarters, numerous old school grandmas and grandpas, and families that had grown up there. Our bandmate was the anomaly on that street. The street's culture was old and established. I haven't been on that particular street in a while, but I know as a whole, the atmosphere of the place has changed dramatically. A young person from elsewhere is the norm there now, not the families or the hell's angels. Now the norm is for people with money to burn. Now the culture is for the new arrivals, most of whom wouldn't think twice about leaving their computer on the street. All I'm saying is I'd trade the safety of that computer for a richer culture and a more affordable living for everyone. Could we have both? I don't know. I guess that would be nice. I guess I was hopeful for a minute that the crisis would lead to a beautiful rebirth. And now I'm looking at a world that is putting itself back together with all its worst features. Not a horse-drawn performance stage in sight. So this one came out a month ago. Uh, I probably wrote it a month and a half ago would be my guess. Um, I, I don't know that a lot has really changed since then. I feel like, you know, certainly our numbers are improving dramatically here in New York, which is great. Um, And I think it is making an impact in terms of what's opening back up and what's available. I'm getting a lot of flyers for expensive shows that are finally being produced in various places that didn't have shows before. So I guess that's progress. I still haven't seen a show, but I'm definitely thinking about it. I really am. Uh, So I don't know. Anyway, I'm still producing an audio drama with my theater company, so we're not back out there live in the streets just yet. Uh, this sort of virtual space is a little bit more manageable under the circumstances, and unfortunately, I am not particularly optimistic about the circumstances. I don't know what it's going to take to like turn it around. Like the other day, a friend was telling me that the rents in Manhattan have have gone up now. so they are, I think, the highest they've ever been. Just ridiculous. Like, oh, great. this is we we did all this, and now now it's really unaffordable for everyone. we. Anyway, so I picked a song today to go with the world that I imagined we were going to come back to, but, but haven't, which is uh, the world of Desperately Seeking Susan. So I thought, since I mentioned Desperately Seeking Susan in this blog, and it is near and dear to my heart, Desperately Seeking Susan, uh, I thought I should do Into the Groove, which is, was the big hit song from that movie. Um, And, uh, yeah, it was fun to learn. This song I was so crazy for, just absolutely nuts for when it came out. Um, I just thought it was the best thing ever. And I also really loved the movie. Um, Huge impact on me, Desperately Seeking Susan. I think I must have been in middle school at the time. Um, Yeah, big, very big. So I'm going to play for you uh, Into the Groove in just a moment. Meanwhile, thank you for listening. I know this is not an easy one, and I thank you for hanging out with me in it. And uh, if you would like to support the podcast, please tell someone about it. Write reviews, uh, like, subscribe, all the things. If you would like to support it with your dollars that would be amazing and super helpful this struggling artist business that i named this thing is for real <laughs> uh so you can do that on patreon.com slash Davis, or there's ko-fi or paypal all of those links are in the show notes and any support is always appreciated also your ears on this thing much appreciated thank you for listening so, I give to you in a moment into the groove. <laughs> What's it called? Into the groove. And I'm playing it on ukulele because, of course, it's a real banging tune that should be on ukulele. And um, yeah, it was fun. It's fun. It's a fun, it's a fun, fun little, little tune. I'm singing it a few steps lower than Madonna does, did. And It was funny to realize that I wanted to sing it a few steps lower. Also, it's just easier to play in A minor. She sings it in C minor. Um, I don't know whether that's because I'm an older person now than I was when I was, you know, in middle school singing along to Into the Groove. Um, So my voice is perhaps lower than it was when I was a child. I think it probably is a bit. Um, or I just didn't really care about such things when when I was a kid. So, uh, but, it, but I was uh, astonished to realize how high she is actually singing the song. Um, yeah, so here is Into the Groove in A minor, just in case you want to play along. And uh, thank you for listening. Into the Groove.
1: Love to me, yeah, get up on your feet, yeah, step to the beat, boy, what will it he- by myself Tonight I want to dance with someone Only when I'm dancing can I feel this free At night, I lock the doors where no one else can see I'm tired of dancing here all by myself Tonight, I want to dance with someone just the At night I lock the doors when no one else can see I'm tired of dancing here I'll by- You've got to prove